Chapter 15. Before Fang had time to think, Ari fired a missile. Right at him. Instantly, Fang unfroze, his instincts going from shock to hyperdrive in 0.2 seconds. Duck and cover. He barely had time to shout as he threw himself sideways off the van. The missile had missed Fang by a hair, singeing his shirt as it shot past. Then, boom! Their van exploded in a mushroom of flames flying metal, and roiling black smoke. Kate shrieked as a shard of glass swiped across her cheek, leaving a thin line of blood, but the sound was just barely audible above the roar of the fireball. Feng jumped to his feet, ears ringing. The van was nothing but a few smoldering, smoking chunks scattered in a circle around the blast zone. Holden scrambled to his feet, dust-covered and wide-eyed, as Kate wiped blood from her cheek. Ratchet was hardly visible through the black smoke. Man, freaking almost busted my ears. I never really liked that van anyway, called Star, a little shakily. She, unlike the rest, looked perfectly unharmed and clean. The ability to be 40 yards away in the blink of an eye sure did come in handy. Fang's gang dropped into their battle positions, but they all looked a bit wigged out. Even Fang was tense with an apprehension he wasn't used to. Ari was a wild card, and even after all the training they'd done, even with their advanced abilities, he didn't trust any of the gang under pressure like he had the flock. Well, any of them except... Fang could make out Maya's shape, walking toward him through the dust cloud, her wings outstretched, looking powerful and ethereal in silhouette. We'll be okay, Fang thought. Oh, I missed, Ari said in his rusty voice. He was still grinning wickedly, like a tiger considering its prey. Enough of the theatrics. Let's do this thing, Fang. You and me. Let's make some history here, before your freaky friends get hurt. Works for me, Fang snarled, but to his surprise, Maya's hand shot out in front of him. She stepped forward, putting herself between Ari and Fang. Hey, she said to Fang. Sorry, I got thrown. But listen, if we fight, we fight together. We're a team. Got it? Feng nodded, knowing there was no use in arguing. She was as stubborn as a mule, like someone else he knew. Can't ever just stay out of it, can you, Max? Ari shook his head. You're looking a bit rough, sis. The hair's a little G.I. Jane, don't you think? Not Max. Maya, she said, running her fingers through her short pixie cut. Ari laughed, his yellow fangs glinting. Oh yeah, Max too. That explains it, then. The delayed reflexes. Their bravado. The life of a clone. So difficult. Ari pouted in mock sympathy, and Maya's eyes narrowed. We understand your pain, don't we, boys? The rover racers behind him twitched impatiently, growling and muttering. I do have to say, though, Doe, as clones go, you seem to be more of a cheap imitation. 
Did Fangy pick you up in the discount aisle? I said, the name is Maya, she repeated, jaw clenched. Same, same, Ari said, still smiling. Fresh meat either way. And then, before Fang could even react, all heck broke loose. Maya crashed into Ari, her eyes furious and vengeful, knocking the missile launcher out of its grip with one swift kick. Fang lunged toward them, protesting. A team or no team, Ari was his fight. But in the adrenaline-boosted frenzy, Ari's goons leaped forward, driving Fang and the rest of the gang into defense mode, away from one another. Away from Ari and Maya. Chapter 16 Fang was back in his comfort zone. That is, beating living puss out of freaking erasers, as usual. I have to get back there, Fang thought, trying to see through the wall of hulking bodies. Maya was hardcore, but Fang had known Ari to be a vicious fighter, and this new version of Ari would likely be even tougher. After he finished off another eraser, blood from the guy's nose spattering his black feathers, Fang pushed off the dusty ground and did an up and away. He hovered about fifty feet up, searching the scene. There, near the demolished van, landing blow after blow, was Maya, holding her own. Ari was no longer smiling. He was clearly sweating with the effort, and his face was furious. And surprised. Fang almost smiled. Maya was fearless and graceful and merciless. She was beautiful to watch. He scanned the road and spotted Holden backed into a corner with an eraser. Fang frowned. The kid's technique was all off, and he looked terrified, and in way over his head. The eraser advanced on him, murder in his feral eyes. The eraser tore into Holden's arm and raised his claw for the final blow, and Fang dove. The dive was short and lightning quick. The half-dazed eraser never saw him coming. Fang stood up, looking around for Holden, and caught a glimpse of Ratchet wailing on some guy with a tire iron, right as Kate paused her own fight and clipped Ratchet under the chin with her left hand, sending him reeling backwards. Kate, Fang yelled sharply, watch your aim. Ratchet was already standing back up, looking annoyed, but ready to take on the next eraser, when Star, appearing out of nowhere, spun around just in time for Kate to lend another bone-crunching blow to his chest. As Ratchet crumpled to the ground, the eraser gave Kate a brief nod of acknowledgement. Fang's inside turned to ice as things clicked into place. How the convoy had found them. Why the two girls had looked so freaked out. They hadn't been nervous about the fight. They'd been nervous about their betrayal. Traitors. Fang hissed, advancing on them. Kate shook her head slowly, apologetic, guilty. Sorry, Fang. We wanted to help you. It's just that... Survival comes first, Star said simply. Before Fang could respond, two racers charged toward him, and everything was a blur of color and instincts. Fang, on autopilot, kicked and dodged, feeling hollow, anger driving him as he beat the freak out of these guys while Star and Kate just watched. With the last surge of adrenaline, he crushed the windpipe of the final eraser, and then it was over. Everything was eerily quiet without the sounds of battle. Starfish, Fang called to Holden. You alright? Yeah. The kid said, wincing as the cells in his arms multiplied, the deep gash closing before their eyes. Fang nodded. His side felt bruised. He had a possible cracked wing bone. His arms ached, and a gash on his forehead dripped blood into his eyes. It had felt so satisfying, sweating through his fury, hurting someone. But now that it was over, 
Fang still had to deal with this. Betrayal. Chapter 17 Fang stood face to face with Star and Kate, fists clenched, breathing hard. His muscles stood out on his arms. He felt his agitation vibrating to his fingertips. Kate looked uneasy and shifted into a more defensive stance. She looked scared. Of him. Star, on the other hand, looked unrepentant. She looked him straight on, her blue eyes cold and determined. If he was going to attack, she was ready. Holden looked up at Fang, waiting for his cue. His eyes were wide with anticipation, but he remained loyal. He had Fang's back. Was he going to attack? For one of the very few times in his life, Fang had no idea what to do. Should he scream, walk away, or finish them completely? The unasked question hung in the air between them, the tension building. Fang's face twitched. He was furious, but mostly, he just felt disappointed. Only one other situation made him this stressed, this confused, this freaking emotional. He looked around. Where was she? Where was Maya? And Ari? Fang! Holden grabbed his sleeve. Up there! Fang looked up and felt his heart stop. Maya and Ari, 500 feet up, battling to the death. Chapter 18 They heard her scream pierce the air even from the ground, saw the bright arc of blood splash across the sky, and then she was falling. Fang felt dazed as he watched her floating down, a long sigh stretching up between them, arms and legs reaching lazily upward, feather light, body pulling down. Go, Fang's instincts shrieked at him. But time had stopped. He was frozen to the spot, and so was she. Suspended. A picture snapped. A painting hung against an endless wall of sky. Still life of a tragedy, Fang thought. He felt a bright wave of distress, his heart thundering out of his chest, but he couldn't connect the feeling to the image in front of him. Her wings were silhouetted against the brilliant flame of sunlight. Fang knew the exact color of those wings, their span, their texture against his cheek. Hawk's wings to match her sharp instincts, her hard looks. She looked soft now, softer than the air and the clouds around her. Tender, cradled in blue, Fang was holding his breath. He could see her face now, her mouth open and a perfect O, caught mid-sentence, drawing in, to tell him everything that had never been said, that she'd still be there for him, like she always had, that he shouldn't have left her in the flock, that she loved him. Fang felt his will seeping out of him, crushed beneath the weight of his knowledge. The fall would kill them both. He blinked and she was moving again, her arms like a marionette's, in unlikely poses, twisting, a delicate dance, a swaying to a music he could not hear. Down and down. Her features came sharply into focus and Fang saw the fear there, her mouth protesting in a silent scream, the ragged ripple of wing tearing behind her, ruined. The blood in her hair, cut short, so it wouldn't get tangled in the wind. The sound caught up to Fang's ears, the shriek vibrating louder and louder, closer and closer, as the ground rushed upward and all the light fell away from her, and she was plummeting, as dark and as heavy as stone. Max, no, Maya, was falling to her death. Fang surged upward, racing gravity. He stretched out his arms toward Maya's free-falling body. He just barely managed to catch her then sagged as her dead weight dragged him down. Hovering with Maya clutched in his arms, 
Fang felt his jaw tighten as he saw that her neck was covered in blood, which was streaming down her skin and onto her shirt. No, 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 no. His brain protested with growing distress. Ari's claws had sliced her up like deli meat. Fang, Maya whispered. You're okay, Fang said, as much to convince himself as Maya. I've got you. You're okay. Scenes flashed in Fang's mind. Maya laughing easily. Maya asking if he was okay. Her soft eyes, concerned. Maya after her haircut. Happy, confident, ready for a fresh start. He hadn't wanted to admit it, but he had thought they could be each other's fresh start. He ground his teeth into his lips to keep from screaming. Fang, I love you, Maya said, starting to cry. Tears trickled over her lovely cheeks, down her jaw, into the mutilated mess of her neck. The sound of wings filtered into his brain, but only vaguely, as if he were hearing it through a long tunnel. I know, Fang whispered. Then he felt the wind shift behind him, felt the hairs on his neck rising. Before he could move, before he could react, Ari appeared, and with a final, murderous lunge, smashed his elbow into Maya's chest with crushing force. No! Fang screamed as Ari soared away from them. Still struggling to hold Maya up, Fang couldn't defend her, couldn't fight back. He could only clutch at her and watch it happen. Helpless. Fang landed as gently as he could. He fell to his knees, arranging Maya's head on his lap. Crap, Ratchet said, awake again and limping over. I saw Ari take a swipe at her, but I didn't think it was that bad. Give me something to help stop the bleeding, Fang said tersely. Ratchet looked around, then grabbed Holden and yanked the boy's shirt off. He tossed it to Fang, who pressed the cloth to Maya's neck. He was aware of Star and Kate, unsure what to do, huddling together off to the side. They clearly hadn't been prepared for this. Fang would deal with them later. Ratchet and Holden leaned silently over him. They knew, just as Fang knew, that it was too late. I'm sorry, Maya cried helplessly. She coughed and sputtered her breath growing shallow. Shh, Fang said. Don't talk. Just focus on breathing. You're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. He repeated. Mai's brown eyes struggled to focus on his. Sorry, I'm not strong after all. Maya, he said quietly. You are strong. Stronger than anyone. After Max, she said trying to smile. Blood began to seep from Holden's shirt and dripped to the ground. Feng shook his head. Not after Max. Right next to her. Equal. Thank you, Maya whispered. Then her eyes seemed to focus on a spot just one side of Feng's face, and her head lulled. Feng didn't move. He sat there, staring at the dead girl. The dead Maya. The dead Max. The dead almost everything he cared about. He felt like a freight train was slamming into his chest, over and over again. Ratchet and Holden tense beside Fang as footsteps approached. Ratchet said, Fang, Wolf Boy's back. Fang still didn't move from his place on the ground, didn't stop cradling Maya's body. Ari's voice, gruff and taunting, cut through the fog. Fang, sorry man, had to happen. Don't worry, though. She's a clone, right? Dime a dozen. Finally, Feng looked up, 
his eyes swimming. We'll finish this later, he said through clenched teeth. Ari grinned. I'm counting on it, he said, turning. Come on, you weaklings, get up, he shouted at the injured erasers. Many large bodies heaved themselves noisily toward the trucks. Coward! Ratchet hurled the dented, bloodied tire iron through the air. Ari stepped swiftly to the left, and the metal clanged against the truck. His laughter, grating and harsh, filled the empty desert battlefield. Then the engines roared, and the entire convoy spun around and faded away into a cloud of dust. When they were gone, Fang passed his fingers over Maya's face, closing her eyes and brushing away some blood. He forced himself to lay Maya's already cooling body on the ground. As Fang looked down at her, he wanted to tear his own heart out. Ari would die for this. Chapter 19 As soon as I walked into biology class, the nauseating smell of formaldehyde hit me smack in the face. Hello, buttload of horrible memories. Clearly, today was going to be even more nightmare than school usually was. Hello, Max. Glad you could join us, Dr. Williams said. Frowning, I nodded and plopped down beside Dylan, as jealous girls nearby prayed for my death. So I got sidetracked by the schmanchiness of the bathrooms on the way here. Sue me. The smelly chemicals were already getting to me. Reed, making me want to run away screaming. And I could tell they were also bothering Iggy, who was sitting a couple tables over. His face was drawn and even paler than usual. Dr. Williams passed out packets of paper. Today, we'll be doing our first hands-on lab assignment, he said. For some of you, this will be your first dissection. It's a very simple one, but if anyone feels sick, the trash can is right there. Please try to make it. Dissection. Oh, God. I glanced down at my packet, and my stomach dropped. Chicken dissection lab. Of course. This was my life, after all. If something could conceivably get worse, then by golly, it would get worse. We couldn't just dissect a frog, or an earthworm, or whatever. We had to dissect something with wings. The other students shattered around me, their reactions ranging from excited to grossed out. Iggy, Dylan, and I were the only silent ones. Dr. Williams began handing out plastic bags containing rubbery chicken carcasses. I fought back a wave of panic and nausea as I skinned my info packet. Phrases like, count the number of primary feathers, and remove the heart, and examine the air sacs, popped out at me. Please, if there's any justice at all in this screwed up world, please don't make me have a mental breakdown and start hyperventilating in front of my entire biology class. Dr. Williams placed a plastic bag on our table, two feet from my nose. Dylan and I both stared at it, unwilling to touch it. Okay, folks, Dr. Williams said merrily. Get your goggles, your gloves, and your trays. The packet explains everything, but come to me if you have questions. Happy dissecting! Chapter 20 I put on my clear, dorktastic goggles automatically while Dylan fetched the dissecting tray. It was equipped with a scalpel, a small pair of scissors, three pokey, suspicious-looking tools, and a pair of tweezers. So, I said, mentally smacking myself upside the head when my voice shook. Ready to cut this thing open? We can leave, if you want, Dylan replied softly. I don't want to do this any more than you do. I clenched my teeth and pulled my shoulders back, shaking my head. No. Normal people do dissection labs. And we're normal people, remember? He nodded. 
his aquamarine eyes fixed on me. I regretted my decision almost as soon as we set the chicken on the tray. It splayed out pathetically, headless and mostly featherless, with puckered pink skin. I felt the chill of goosebumps on my own flesh and shivered. The chicken's wings were small and had tiny tufts of down still stuck to them. White down, like angels. Step one, Dylan read aloud. His voice cracked and he cleared his throat. Place chicken on its back. Grasp both legs and push down away from the pelvis. And another time, I might have snickered immaturely at the word pelvis. But at that moment, all I could do was numbly follow the instructions while trying to block smells and memories. It was bred for this, I reminded myself, holding the scalpel. Inside a claustrophobic metal cage, it had been fed scraps. It had been genetically manipulated for a satisfactory amount of plumpness and complacency. It had been bred with a smaller brain, too. It was too stupid to see how trapped it was. To see that this is how it would end up. Amid the glint of scalpels, the snick of blades sliding into flesh. I was stuck in an in-between place. Not sure whether I was in biology class or back at the school. Student voices and white coat voices bounced around in my mind. Then, Dr. Williams' face materialized all up in my grill. Max, Dylan, how's it going so far? I nodded, trying to slow my breathing. I hadn't realized I'd been hyperventilating. I'm okay, really. I looked up at his face, at the four wrinkles in his forehead, his almost calculating hazel eyes. It was all somewhat... familiar. Alarm bells went off in my head, wailing, Danger! 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 My alarm bells were not to be taken lightly. Was it possible that Dr. Williams was a white goat? Actually, I feel a bit sick, I said brusquely. Come on, Dylan. Iggy. Iggy twitched on his stool and turned in the direction of my voice. Come on, Ig, I repeated, ignoring Dylan's curious glance. Time to go. Max, the boys seem fine, Dr. Williams said. Concerned or threatening? Concerned or threatening? It was a question I had asked myself way too often. No, I feel sick too, Dylan said. Good boy. Iggy wove through the maze of lab tables. Gonna barf, he informed Dr. Williams. Gotta go. I strode to the door, itching to hightail it out of there. Oh, no, you don't, Maximum, said Dr. Williams in a steely voice. And here we go, I sighed. I leaned forward on the balls of my feet, ready to spring into action. Delne moved ever so slightly, placing himself a bit in front of me and in a good fight position. I felt Iggy tense up. Tapping his forearm twice, I breathed. Little over six feet, bit of a belly, dead center. Nobody but Iggy and maybe Dylan, would be able to hear me. Iggy inclined his chin the tiniest bit. He understood. Dr. Williams shuffled past the cardboard box of chicken bags on his desk, where he brought out some post-its and started scribbling. I watched him the entire time. If he charged, I'd drag Iggy and Dylan to the left, roll over the empty table, and shoot out the door. If he yanked a gun out of his geeky teacher pants, we'd dive behind the table, chuck some scalpels for good luck, and then shoot out the door. So, what's the story, doctor? I asked Dr. Williams, crossing my arms. Everyone in the classroom was staring at us now. Wait, I know. Your plan is to make my life miserable? Or possibly destroy us? Dr. Williams smiled thinly, 
What do you mean, Max? I just don't want you to get in trouble for walking out of class. He held out three hall passes. Well, that was... unexpected. I narrowed my eyes at him, but he didn't falter. Let's go, boys. I shrugged and took the passes, and we walked out of the classroom. My alarm bells never stopped ringing. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Max Married Bootleg audiobook podcast thing. I am your Olive Marky, and we got a couple messages on the Spotify Q&A thingy. The first one is from Emily, who said, Thanks for putting AI in your playlist. It's fine if you don't want to put the song in the intro, but the song still slaps. Yeah, thank you, Emily. I have decided I think I'm definitely going to save that one for Hawk, because I feel like it encapsulates the vibes pretty well. Um, but yeah, the song is good. I always appreciate it when people suggest new songs to me, because uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, my music taste is not very good. It's just bad pop, songs that make me laugh, and the Burger King theme for some reason. But yeah, I'm always open to new songs if uh, anyone ever wants to suggest any. I'm super down for that. Thank you, Emily. The next one is from Axolotl, who said, I'm having way too many mixed feelings right now. Yeah, uh, I forgot how much actually happens in this book, so we're we're having a we're going on an adventure, especially with uh, Ari coming back and Maya dying. Which I knew she died, but I forgot how it happened. It feels kind of anticlimactic for it to be like Ari to kill her for some reason. I don't know, or an Ari clone specifically. I don't know. This series is weird. <laughs> But thank you, Axolotl. So this is normally where I would do the recommendation of the week, but uh, I have a killer migraine right now, and I think I'm just going to do the housekeeping stuff and then go to bed. (laughs) So we're going to do that real quick. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at MaximumCrimePod at gmail.com or hit me up on my Tumblr over at Maximum-Crime-Pod. And if you want to leave a rating review, that would be super cool of you to do. Alrighty, that's all I gotta say for this time, so until next time, fly on.